Bonito. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Jeff is... Who the hell is Jeff? Um, well, so, I'm so glad I get to talk about Cox. I'm really happy. Dicks. Yay. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is a New Year, same old fucking podcast. It is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, unintentionally offensive wrestling podcast. And we are going to start this show off with a downer because Mean Gene Okerlund passed away at the age of 76. So we here at the Rundown Wrestling Podcast would like to extend. A ten bell salute. That's right. We got some some pretty sad news about Mean Gene Okerlund passing away. Uh, the wrestling world as a whole mourned him as well. Uh, we got a lot of people discussing, um, you know, what Mean Gene, Gene Okerlund meant to him, to them. Uh, me, my, when I got into wrestling, Okerlund was a WCW guy. So from oh, from God me, that I'm, I'm old. Sorry. <laughs> well, you got to remember, I I. Got into wrestling in, in like the Attitude Era, kind of right before the Attitude Era, I should say. So yeah, like I said, so for me, it wasn't until I was older that I started watching older wrestling that I realized like, oh shit, he was really important to WWE before he jumped ship over there. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said at first, to me, he was a WCW guy. So um, yeah, I mean, and I was a big WCW watcher, so um, he was very prominent in me liking and watching wrestling. Yeah. Yes, and that was Jeff, and uh, I'm Jason. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We are here uh, as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, People know who we are at this point. I would hope so, but you know, still. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Oakland was sort of the. I've said it before with some other people, but he's definitely a part of the soundtrack of my childhood. I mean, I remember. I think I've mentioned on the show, for sort of WrestleMania 4 was around when I started getting into it, and of course, that was in his prime years in the WWE. Um, People sometimes forget how edgy Mean Gene was always willing to be. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. uh, which is always great. If you Google, if you go out, there's there's one interview he did with Conan where he flat out calls Conan a prick on air, which was fucking mm-hmm. tre- tremendous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, always funny, and he's one of those guys you never really heard a bad story about or, or a rumor of anything. He just seemed to be a dude that everybody liked, um, and really cool that you know fairly recently. Uh, his last appearance on any WWE television was interviewing AJ Styles, and if you go back and watch that, you can see just sort of like how much that moment meant to AJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very obvious, and I'm sure that's something that AJ will now remember forever, being the last guy me and Gene Oakland ever interviewed on WWE television. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is we, we never really got anyone like him either, because um, what we get even today, and, and what we got even during Oakland's time, is interviewer that comes by asks one question that just leads into a pro wrestling promo. Yeah, hot check. What's that? Hot check. Yeah, um, and even even when you've got like the pretty boys and stuff like that who who go there, they're still just the the they're they're just a mic stand. Whereas Okerlund in, interacted with the wrestlers, yeah. um, a, a, oftentimes added a lot to you know promos that might not have been going the right way on certain things too. Yeah. He was really good at redirecting talent at times. Um, or just kind of standing back and letting them crash and burn. Uh, both entertaining. So, so yeah, so we really haven't had anyone like him, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, because exactly. you would think that a lot of people would attempt that. But it, it, like I said, I mean, pretty much what you get is, you know, oh, you know, Chris Jericho, what do you got to say about your opponent coming up here? And then 15 minutes of Chris Jericho going off, and then the interview watches them leave. And that's their contribution to it. Like you don't even need them there. But we're okay, but yeah, you you really felt like you needed them there. And as we've seen from Nitromania podcast and and some of the old, older you know WWE shows and stuff like that, uh, he was all over the place because he would all of a sudden be at the end of the entrance ramp talking to guys coming out, or he'd be in the back, or you know be here and there. So um, so yeah, so sad sad day for wrestling altogether with the loss of Mean Gene Okerlund, but a uh, full life, full career. Um, got to be with his wife at the end there too. So yeah, and um, you know, it's it, if you believe if uh, you know different people have different opinions. If you believe in some form of an afterlife, then somewhere uh, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon are pitching to uh, Mean Gene Okerlund tonight. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who listen to Nitro Mania, we're getting set to start the show, and in a true Mean Gene fashion, let's uh, pull up our socks and get ready. That's right. <laughs> So it is the first show of 2019, and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast made a New Year's resolution. And that resolution was, we quit. Not the show. Not the show. We not quit. yet. Not, the, not yet, at least. No, no, no. Uh, we have officially parted ways with the Questionable Endeavor Network. Um, obviously, if you are a fan of this show, you know that um, our history with them, obviously, uh, me and Adam... And Andy were kind of the originators of it. And then it suddenly became kind of Andy's thing, which was fine. Um, we love Andy to the bits. Um, but recently, we uh, we kind of all came to a conclusion. And, you know, me and Jason especially are of the mind of you leave the party before the party leaves you. Mm. Um, so we've decided to branch out on our own. Uh, and because we have so many different shows um, here on the feed, we're going to be creating our own wrestling network, the Rundown Wrestling Network, uh, with Blackjack and Hookers. So, yeah, we um, more, to, more to come on that. Uh, it's going to be kind of a new thing for us, and we're going to be kind of learning as we go. But uh, we feel 
that we are going to be better served to to run the ship by ourselves. So, uh, but again, thanks to everything for question the question whatever network has ever done for us. Um, and as always, go and check out whatever shows still exist over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's no, there's no heat, there's no falling out, there's no animosity. It just sort of reached a point where they have gone on and, and done a whole lot of stuff that's not wrestling related, which sort of limits the fan base we can grow in affiliation with them. And, you know, we appreciate everything, like I said, Troy, and just uh, New Year, it's a good time to start something new. And we may even be bringing some other shows onto our feed for into our network here, for all we know, but... Time will tell, and it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, for sure. And Jeff's along with us. I'm here. Uh, so if you listened last week, you know that I had, had said at the end of the show that I wanted to have uh, each of the hosts um, come up with a couple of surprise entrants in the Men and Women Royal Rumble. Obviously, we have already started Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You said surprise? Okay, i got to change mine then. Hold on. All right. No, yeah, I forget that was what it called. Okay. So yeah, so because of the fa- because of the fact that that uh, the way that wrestling is nowadays, the rumor mill starts, and everyone looks into every single tweet and Instagram post possible to try to figure out who is going to be heading um, down to, as I vamper the Phoenix, Arizona for Royal Rumble 2019. Obviously, every year that's a big thing is who's going to be uh, surprising entrance in the Royal Rumble. Now we have the men and the women. Last year, half of the women's Royal Rumble was surprises. And, uh, like, two people in the men's Royal Rumble were surprises. So, so like far... Two years ago, the men's Royal Rumble had, like, no surprises. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but there there are still some of those those guys, and, and it's a, a good opportunity. You know, obviously we got Rey Mysterio showing up last year. Um, you know, uh, Ember Moon, if I remember correctly, was, was part of the women's Royal Rumble as well. Um, so, so far... Uh, the men have, we have R-Truth, Drew McIntyre, Biggie, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. Those are the only people that have actually declared for it. The Women's Royal Rumble has Carmella, Ember Moon, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. So pretty much the entirety of the Raw Women's Division uh, have, have all also um, decided that they're going to be in it. So Well, not Alexa get... Bliss yet. <clears throat> well, not yet, but you know, maybe. We'll see. Uh, so let's go ahead and and talk about it. So I had each one of the hosts pick two people for the men and two people for the women, with the caveat that they could not have been surprise entrants in the last Royal Rumble or be in the Royal Rumble last year at all. Um, so for the so let's start off with the men, and I'll go ahead and throw out the picks of Sal and Adam, um, and then I'll get my own, and then we'll go with Jason and Jeff. Um, so for me, uh, sorry for Adam, uh, he chooses Ricochet. And David Arquette. Uh, that would, of course, be if David Arquette can survive long enough to show up. Well, as long as no one's trying to cut <clears> his throat <throat> in there. Yeah, fine. Right. Uh, Sal went with A-Lister Black and Darren Young. So, all right. Uh, I went with your 2019 Hall of Fame inductee Jeff Jarrett and the Velveteen Dream, who I think would be a, a very interesting pick to show up there. I think he could have a very good showing, and he's intriguing enough that people would want to see more of him. Uh, Jason, who do you believe is going to be in the Royal Rumble? Well, first off, I'm a little disappointed in Sal for not going Alistair Black and Kerwin White. I think that would have been a much better joke, but <laughs> um, I went with uh, the bro himself, the king of bros, Matt Riddle, to make his debut, and since you said it has to be a surprise, I went with Jay Lethal. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean uh, Pete Dunne. 
<laughs> Lovely. Uh, I went with two older, older men. Uh, I went with Psycho Sid and Shawn Michaels. It fits right in with your grandpa humor, though, so it works. It does. You got to pick. You got to pick your own. Yeah. That's true. Yep. No, no Hulk Hogan references though, so I guess nobody thinks he's going to. Anyways, for the women, uh, Adam has gone with Ivory, and uh, my personal boo, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Sal went with Melina and Io Shirai. Uh, what, a, I, what a weird combination! Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, <laughs> they're all kind of weird. I went with Tony Storm and Layla L. She's kind of the only one that wasn't a part of that group last year that kind of fit in with them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff. I went with uh, Karma and Gail Kim, the old TNA feud. All right. Now, do you mean the pinata or the actual woman? They're the same person. Okay. I just want to point out that me, Sal, and Jeff all went with ladies of color, and Adam went with two white chicks. Jason. Well, now I have to change mine. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Troy, on, on Tony Storm. I think it is her spot. Uh, she needs clearly needs more exposure, uh, and this would be a great time to get her some. Um, got it. <laughs> <laughs> more on and, that in a little bit. And for my second choice, I just threw in Candice LeRae, because I think she's been underutilized on NXT, and this would be a nice little spot to get her a pop. Yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, we've got a couple of, of the uh, international women as well that could show up that were in the, the Battle Royale at WrestleMania. And, yeah. and given that it's in Arizona, I mean, the Bellas are obvious, but they were sort of disqualified from being on our list. So Yeah, they were they were in it last year. So Yeah, it's their hometown. They're definitely going to be in it. It's just a matter of... Yeah. yeah, which is why I didn't let anyone pick them, because of course they're going to be in it. It's the fucking Bella Twins. It's in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know... I, I'm I'm happy that two of us picked Tony Storm um, because then we can transition from talking about a perfect ten to a thing we call the perfect ten. A ten, a ten, a fucking ten. We start things off with Apollo Cruz. Yeah, apparently Apollo Cruz became a thing again in just one fucking night. Now you put a thing again. I st- I I. I I would say he never was a thing, but okay. Well, he he was <laughs> on, he made it to an Intercontinental Championship match at SummerSlam. That's true. That's true. So yeah, so um, Apollo Cruz was the the next person because this is this is Raw's new thing now. Apparently, is give fresh start. Give one, yeah, give one of their their underutilized talent a chance to shine. Obviously, we had uh, Prince Pretty, Tyler Breeze. This week was Apollo Cruz, and of course. Apollo Crews, everyone seems to forget, is a really good fucking wrestler. Mm-hmm. He just has no personality. I, you know, I think he has some personality when he's allowed to just sort of be himself. When he's, he's not a great actor, and that's sort of the issue. Um, but but he's very affable, personable guy. And if they just sort of let him be that, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah. But this perform- this performance was definitely a game changer for him. I mean, they they shined him up like a million bucks in that battle royal. Uh, they really put him on full display. They let him do all of his spots. Uh, the attention was clearly on him. He got the the pop of eliminating the guy everybody hates in Baron Corbin, and his match with Ambrose was actually pretty good for an Ambrose match. Um, I thought Ambrose gave him a lot in that match. I thought he, he capitalized on the opportunity. And even though he lost, you left it going, wow, now I remember what this fucking guy can do. 
Yeah. I mean, the Fresh Start Battle Royale idea was, was kind of fine. Nice and full of credible contenders. Um, and uh, for a second, I for a second at the end of the match, I thought they would spit in our face and make Baron Corbin win. But uh, I was kind of happy Apollo Crews won. It's a nice choice. Um, and they really did shine him up. You're right. They He eliminated a lot of people in that. I don't know how many he eliminated, but he eliminated a lot. I'm just a little nervous if they do push him. They're going to make him cut promos like he used to cut promos which is going to be a scary thing for him um initially i thought finn balor might win but uh like i said i'm just glad it wasn't baron corbin oh yeah and it was nice to see that zach Ryder still exists and he got his first match on raw yeah exactly yeah because that was worth it uh <laughs> that was new year's eve so technically he made a raw in 2018 that's true. He did. You can't. You can't take that away from him. He made one raw, and it was in the battle royal, and he lost. Yep. Well, yeah. There you go. Uh, oh, that's a new way to do that. Uh, speaking of black guys that can wrestle, uh, Seth and Bobby Lashley reminded us that Bobby Lashley actually is good when he's not showing everyone his asshole. It depends. Some people are into showing him his asshole. I suppose. Yeah, yeah I, Bobby. Bobby's had such a uh, such a run of just shit. It was really kind of hard to remember how good he actually was, and this match did bring it back to light. Um, I also appreciate the new angry Seth, like a little bit frustrated, just the whole embracing the whole burn it down thing he's got going on that people seem to love. Um, with Lashley, I think I think his character needs some serious changes, but. If we can see in-ring performances like the one we saw this past Monday, I, I think his character will be a little more tolerable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the match was really good. It was nice to see them sort of let him go out there and, and be Bobby Lashley and not so much the character that they want Bobby Lashley to be. I don't even dislike the almighty gimmick, and I sort of like the look with the vest and everything. Um, it's just the corniness of, of the whole pose. I I think Leo Rush isn't bad as a heater either. I wasn't crazy about the like cat and mouse spot he did with Seth. That strikes me as more of something that a face, an undersized face, does to avoid a charge and heel. Um, and I thought it made Seth kind of look stupid that he couldn't catch him. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. I understood why they did it given the end of the match, but I just didn't. I wasn't crazy about that. Um, I wasn't crazy about the Triple H promo either. I, I just. Uh, Seth is over enough. He doesn't need the rub from Triple H. I think that's a waste. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I mean, again, we're talking about guys who, under this quote-unquote fresh start, are getting a chance to sort of fix things, and Lashley is certainly another guy you can add to that list. And I particularly like the far part where in uh, Leo Rush's promo he came out and said, Bobby's not even going to show you his favorite pose. Like, they fucking finally recognized that that was awful. <laughs> well, we'll see. Give it time. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, again, we talk about it that, you know, Bobby Lashley was endorsed by by our president, so he should be... Bobby <laughs> Lashley. He, he should be utilized more. He obviously, he won every single fucking title that Impact had and even created a couple of his own just so he could have more title belts. Yeah, he had them all so, at once, I think. Yeah, he did. He, he did have all of them all at once, so... Going from being uh, a main eventer of a shit brand to being a shit worker on a, on a main event brand, 
kind of a hard pill to swallow, but at least he seems to be kind of doing something now. Um, and pairing him with Seth gives him at least something a little bit more to do. Uh, but we'll see how far that goes. So, And, of course, uh, Jason is really excited because he gets to talk about his favorite person. So go ahead, Jason. Tell us what our next topic is. Um, which topic are we doing next? All right. Number three. Oh, we're going, we're going in order this week? No, go ahead. I'll let you say it. It's your, it's your thing. All right. So we all know that Manny Rose is into fitness. Fitness, who's so dick in her mouth? So, yeah, so um, Mandy Rose decided that she was going to play a little distraction on Naomi. Um, And it seemed to really confuse her because... So a picture goes up on the Titan Tron of Mandy Rose um, with a towel wrapped around her. And Naomi is just like, why is she so covered up? What, what, what's going on? Does she have like a like a skin rash or something like that that she's covering up so much? Seriously, like that's the picture that they use. Right. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like <laughs> you are literally wearing less covering at ringside right now yep. while you're introing this picture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like a fucking yeah. Instagram picture they just grabbed. No, if they, they grabbed one of her Instagram pictures, it would actually be better than that yeah. because she wears even less on Instagram. Yes, that's true. Yeah, obviously, the whole homewrecker thing with Mandy Rose, you know, it's it, it kind of reeks of the the old style of booking the women, but at least they're booking Mandy Rose. Um, and, you know, Sonia is getting a little bit of a rub just be, by being there. I'm getting a little bit of a rub just by having both of them on my TV at the same time. So, you know, it's it's at least it's at least something that they're doing with her. Yeah, I mean, and, and there was the little clever thing of Mandy taking her shirt off, and she's got the Uso shirt on, and she's clearly in Naomi's head. Um, didn't they introduce Mandy Rose as the first participant in the match? Like, they just freebird this shit. They get to randomly go out and decide who's going to fight just as they get out there. That's a little weird. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, the, thing, the thing I took away from this match was I'm pretty sure Sonya Deville's finisher was her forcing Naomi to give her a DDT. Yeah. Um, that was not executed well. <laughs> I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it didn't look good. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, you know, I've heard about all you know Mandy Rose, and apparently Vince is so hard. I mean, high on her. Um, <laughs> you were right and, the first time. <laughs> um, I guess this is the start of kind of giving her more of a spotlight. I guess it's probably more than she's done in the past year. She's usually just kind of wrestled matches. So at least there's that, but I, I just I don't know about the approach they're taking. I, I wish it was not this. Homewrecker. Yeah, Homewrecker. I mean the whole building up a woman by having her chase a man storyline is what it is. I like like Troy said, it, it's you look at SmackDown and the women got a lot of the camera time and very prominent roles, and they can't all be the same character and. If this is sort of the way we build Mandy Rose up while she sort of turns into the in-ring performer we hope she turns into, you know, it is what it is. It's it's TV time, which at this point is the most important thing for, for these young women. Yeah, we had um, we had four matches on SmackDown. Two of them had, had women in it. And we also had the backstage segment that we're going to be talking about in a little bit here where we got to see some nipples. So, uh, yeah, the the fact that uh, that the women were getting a lot more time uh, not only SmackDown, but also Raw, because over on Raw, obviously, we had the main event. We also had the, the six-woman I mean, tag match, 
Um, and obviously, you know, the, the kind of storyline going throughout there as well. So, you know, they, they are starting to do something a little bit more with the women. Obviously, people want to see them. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of wanting to see more of the women, Tony Storm is the latest victim of some online hacks. Now, <clears throat> as always, anytime that there are there are some leaked pictures of people, mm-hmm. um, I have, Troy finds I have a, them before anybody else. True, I have a difference of opinion on on things. So obviously, you know, Tony Storm had uh, two pictures and a, a possible video, well, uh, at least a little clip. I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> pretty pretty sure it was her. Yeah. Um, so the first. She had one picture that was just her bare ass. You couldn't see anything. No big deal. She wears very little in the ring as it is anyways like that. She had another one where she was fully naked. And yeah, you got to see that she's got, you know, that she's, she has scorched earth for the clam. And she was kind of hiding her nipples. So not a big deal. But the video of her jilling off. Yeah, that might. That one is a little bit more rough. But so here's the thing is Tony Storm turned around and deleted all of her social media accounts, which to me, it's kind of like you you let them win then, because well, you can I mean, you can approach things differently on, on on this. You can either you know come right out like Maria had some leaks and she came out and she's just like, "There's pictures of me naked online already. Just look at those," and kind of owned it and was just like, "Whatever." Uh, Alexa Bliss coming to Tony's defense to an extent, kind of saying like, "If I had a nickel for every." negative thing that was said about me i'd be able to retire kind of like a just don't pay attention to it you know don't don't feed the trolls kind of thing um and then of course Paige, the one who got the worst of any woman that's that's had you know the videos released in wwe you know she obviously came forward and, and said hey you know but she she the entire time kind of owned it as well even though she you know had some of her own kind of personal things and she posted um, a nice response supporting tony today too yes actually. Yeah. yeah, which of course, yeah, I mean, you know, Renee Young did as well, but don't think I don't think Renee ever had anything like that. So not that I know of, no. Not that we would know, because because me, I'm here. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, there, yes, there was there was people on there that were you know throwing the pictures back in her face, or whatever that, because that's what assholes do when you have the anonymity. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what assholes do. That's I'm an asshole. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not. Now I didn't do it to Tony because that, that that's kind of I'm I'm past doing that kind of shit at this point. I was funny for a bit for a while, but again, like like I said, I mean, you know, you're you're a person that's in the spotlight. You're a person that's a you know, you're going to expect that you're going to get people who tell you that you should die or kill yourself or things like that. You're going to get people that if you if you take pictures of yourself naked and give them to people. Obviously, yes, it's it's you know it's a trust thing that you're doing that, but you gotta kind of have that in the back of your mind that this might come out later. This might not stay as as between the between me and this person as I want them to, um, and that's the kind of risk that you take sometimes. So, um, but again, I mean, she was like 18 or something like that when the pictures were taken, or 19 something something around there. So. I get it, you know, she's so young. It was about dumb. four years ago. Snapchat yeah. existed. Yeah, like, exactly. So, yeah. I, look, I I feel bad that she has to deal with the shit she's dealing with, because it's not fair. It, it's not something she asked for. It's not something she put out there for public consumption. Someone else made the choice uh, for her that it's like, sort of like when 
some gay guy gets outed by somebody else. It's not your decision to make to, to put that stuff out there. All that being said, and, and I'm not saying this to, to victim blame because I don't think that's that's fair either, but at the same time, at some point, we have to fucking learn a lesson as a society that this shit is forever when we send it. Pics, nudes, fucking shit you, you text, that shit is forever. It is digitally out there in the world for the rest of your fucking life. So, and if you achieve any modicum of success or fame, it will come out. Shit, it doesn't even have to be real. They've got those fucking deep fake things now that all the celebrities, it looks like they're all out doing pornos, and it's just fucking very cleverly done fakes where their faces are being superimposed. It's a right. thing. It's a society we live in. No, she shouldn't have had this shit hacked or leaked or whatever it was, but she she needs to be smarter about how she disseminates very, very personal things like that. Um, so hopefully, and we said this when, when the page thing happened and that little run of, of several of them in a row, hopefully, once again, um, people can look at what's going on and take some warning to it and be smarter with how they conduct themselves in this digital world. Yeah, and I, I think it's um, it's important how she takes this going forward because she does have a very bright future and uh, she can't let shit like this bog her down. Like you said, try. I didn't realize she deleted all of her social media accounts. I didn't realize that. That's probably not... I mean, that's one way to go about it, but I, I, I don't know if that's, that's the best approach. Um... But going forward, I, I really think it's important that she just moves on and keeps doing what she's doing because she's doing really good work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, I mean, it's... And it was four years ago, and she wasn't famous at that point. She was just another indie worker, and, you know, I get that. I do. I understand it. But you had goals, you had aspirations of fame, and... Again, just be smarter with how you how you conduct yourself. I send dick pics just in hopes that they pop up, up online. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It's can we talk about that? Can you stop sending that shit to me? Because I I'm not gonna, no. I'm not going to repost it. Nope. Okay. I'm not going to stop. Okay. I'll win this war. <laughs> Hashtag mine too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <clears throat> And like I said, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you, as Jason said, you don't want to to victim blame at all. But at, at the same time, it's you know you do have to take a little bit of responsibility for yourself as well. And if you you know if you don't didn't know it or not, you know these kinds of things will happen if you you know put your trust in some people. So, um, so moving right along. Never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go never ahead. mind. No, no, I'm good. You said right. if you put your trust in some people, I said, or your fingers in yourself. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she calls her fingers. Trust. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah. So we went right along. Um, <laughs> we finally, finally, got the blow off to Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Did we know? Uh, well, maybe. We th- how many times have we thought we had to? We've had to fucking blow off for Seth and Dolph, and that fucking shit pops back up. That's true. Well, well let's see. hope. Yeah. 
but we did get to get a steel cage match and uh yeah it's <laughs> um i don't know what else to say really about it other than it was it was a decent match and you know he drew mcintyre kicked the shit out of dolph ziggler and we did 20 fucking minutes of the damn thing so yeah, I mean, it was clearly designed to get Drew over and sort of write Ziggler off, and there's a story going around that Ziggler's going to be taking some time off. Um, hopefully more than after he dropped the U.S. title than just inexplicably showed up again two weeks later without the U.S. title. Um, and never really explained <laughs> why he just gave up the U.S. title. But um, in any event, yeah, the match was good. The match was entertaining. Uh, Drew looked like a beast. Uh, they, I sort of feel like they're doing the whole beat the shit out of somebody, walk away, come back, beat the shit out of them some more spot. A little, they're overdoing that a little bit. Uh, it seems like every beatdown angle ends with that, and every time the heel goes back, the crowd's going to pop. So you need to stop yeah. doing that for a heel. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was kind of cool to see a steel cage match on TV again. I appreciate that. Um, and Ziggler, in my opinion, is always going to be one of the best guys in putting other people over just because he sells so well and uh he did make mcintyre look like a million bucks here um the two claymore kicks at the end good stuff um i just i don't want to see any more of it yeah i'm good yeah we've we've been good <sighs> true i'm sort of good with ziggler in general to be honest with you like i think that guy could benefit from some time away yeah probably yeah a lot of time away as in, like, quit. <laughs> well, that's not nice. Well, I, nobody said I was supposed to be nice. Uh, so, yeah, so enough enough said about that bullshit. Uh, let's talk about John Cena. So John Cena returned to SmackDown. And it was confirmed... <laughs> uh, and he uh, was confronted by the man. Uh, the two of them exchanged some words before Zelina Vega and um, Andrade Almas came out, which set up, of course, a mixed tag team match, which Becky Lynch and John Cena won, unsurprisingly. Um, of course, the big moment here, of course, John Cena was going to win, then Becky Lynch whipped his ass out of the fucking ring and took the pin, or uh, put Zelina Vega into the disarmor and got the, the, the win for their team. I thought the biggest moment is when Becky said, if you don't get out of my ring, Nikki won't be the only woman to drop you this year. <laughs> that was a pretty good line. Uh, no, I thought Becky was great. I thought this was an absolute passing of the torch. I think Cena did an amazing job um, sort of to the audience validating that Becky is on that level at this point. Um, another thing that came out of the segment that I want to point out about is a lot of people have been bitching and complaining about Andrade Almas's use uh, since his call-up, and yes, there was a dry period for him, but let's take a look at the people they've put him in the ring with. You want to talk about raising a guy's profile. He's been in the ring with Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, John Cena. That's pretty much the who's who of, of the top of the company's totem pole at this point, and all of them have been very giving to Almas and given him a lot in those matches, and he's been made to look really good and just because he's not getting pinfalls doesn't mean he's not being elevated by virtue of being in these matches. Yeah. I, um, the joke that Lynch made, uh, it was, it was a good one with, uh, Nikki Bella. The only problem is I think John Cena had made a very similar joke, maybe 
five minutes earlier. Yeah, that, that, so that, that kind of took cool. away from it a bit. Um, I the, thought the, the, the other thing, and sorry to cut you off, Jeff, but the other thing, and this recurred throughout the both broadcasts this week because they were pre-taped, was like the canned fucking studio audience laughing that uh, they just dropped in there that was clearly yeah. just dropped in. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking the worst. Um, I, I thought this was great. Cena pretty much, I mean, like gave her the seal of approval with this segment. I mean, um, it, it was... It was. I, I didn't mind Vega and Almas being the fall man and woman here because they're not really doing anything right now. I'd rather them be doing this than being the like losing to some lesser program. Um, the only thing I will say was I, I would like them to be in an actual storyline at some point. I, I think that's what they need next. Yeah, I think they that's will. what they need. I mean, Zelina got mic time and Almas got time in the ring with the biggest star in the company. So you really can't be too mad about that, you know? No, 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 exactly. That's why I said I, I, it was, I was fine with it. I, yeah. It's just I would – hopefully soon I would like to see them in some sort of storyline yeah. going forward. But the but the Becky moment was very much to me what Kurt Angle did for John Cena in the Ruthless Aggression moment years ago, just sort of a validation that this guy, this woman, is the next big thing. Yeah, yeah and it's it's one of those things, I mean, there's, there's not that woman currently on the roster that could do that. You know, yeah. so you kind of needed to have one of the male workers do it, and and who better than John Cena? Right. So, yeah. Speaking of tits, uh, <laughs> we had a backstage segment where, of course, all the women want a title shot at Asuka, and for whatever reason, the person who also had some dudes leaked, which should regret them, decided to show that, no, no, my, my nipples are in the right place now. Because she Charlotte decided to wear a fucking see-through shirt on a taped show that clearly showed her nipples. Yeah, yeah she might be proud, must be proud of the new titties. I, and hats I mean, off to if her. If you look this... at her Instagram, she definitely is. Well, and you know what? Unlike um, Tony Storm that we talked about in Paige earlier, that she made a conscious decision to wear this shirt on national television. So, yep. so that was her option. She did it, and she's proud of it. And rock them. I have no problem with that. Um, I wasn't a fan of this segment. I thought yeah, the, me neither. <laughs> first off, didn't we just go through a whole thing where we said title shots are no longer guaranteed? There's no you know preordained rematches. You have to earn every title opportunity you get. Cut to the back where Triple H goes to ask us, so who do you want to face? Yeah. Um, that's what? And then Asuka, completely over-the-top, ridiculous, no-speaker English promo. Um, oh, nobody is ready for Asuka! Like, just really hokey, bad, sort of borderline racist, like, responses. This, this was a taped show. They right. could have redone it. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then it's like... Fraggle Rock, fucking Charlotte walks in, and then Carmella walks in, and then Becky Lynch jumps in out of nowhere. Like, it's just so fucking hokey. Let let if this is your plan, and throw these three fucking women into a match, and let's just determine a number one contender. Yeah. The other thing here, whoever was does that... more favors for Triple H gets the match. Is that what we're led to assume from this fucking promo? Gulp. Gulp. Um, the 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 promo didn't do anyone any favors because all of them did did not show chemistry with each other. Charlotte just, like, felt so awkward in the whole thing. I will say I thought Carmella came across well. I thought her interruption and and her (laughs) saying, listen, 
I've beaten you and you twice. There was legitimacy to what she yeah. said. She had a point. She mm-hmm. wasn't goofy. Yeah. You know, that said, she so, ain't getting that title because yeah. she's already in the Royal Rumble. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I said. She didn't dance break. Right. Well, give it time. Uh, so yeah, Anytime so, Carmella wants to shake that thing, I'm there for it. Hey, man, I, me, me as well. So I don't know how you're doing the little cross-out thing, so... <laughs> I'm sure this is exactly what the listeners want to hear, but they definitely do. I'll tell you after the show. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we move on from those titties to uh, to uh, six pairs of titties because the bra. Did Jeff even weigh were... in on that last topic? Oh, uh, kind of, kind of, just like I, I did a little bit. Yeah. I just said she was proud of her new tits. That's all I said. <laughs> that's, that's all I knew to say. Did you have anything else to add to that? Nah, not not really. I just. If Asuka turns heel, you think she'll yell "respect me" like a day with Tommy? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Always comes back to the cruiserweights with you, Jeff. Yeah. I gotta have one per show at least. There you go. There's your one. Now you can leave. Well, Raw doesn't <laughs> ever have one per show, so. No, that they Lindsay Dorado was in the. Well, actually, all of Hot Lucha House Party was in the Intercontinental Battle Royale. So. Yeah, if only it was conducted under Lucha House rules. I think it kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> No, because then it would have been the three of them against one other person. Oh, well. Then Apollo Crews probably still would have won. Because yeah, fuck the Mexicans. Uh, wow, so that <laughs> uh, The Riot Squad continued to lose as they faced uh, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Ember Moon in an actually really good match. Uh, again, it's kind of a shame that you know these, these three chicks who are all really talented, and, and I think all of us have our, our own pick of, for our favorite of the group, Except maybe Ruby Riot. I don't think she might. I don't think anyone's picking her because I'd be picking Sarah Logan. Um, but yeah, so the Riot family continues to to go out there and to do what's asked of them, which is is a good thing. And maybe something will eventually happen with them. But they constantly keep losing at their own game. They're they're supposed to be the cohesive unit, and three throwing together women beat them. So. Well, I mean, Bailey and Sasha are pretty much a tag team at this point. I suppose. Well, they, Aren't they just together to create a big ruckus all the time? They're, they're there to apply pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was their promo. They want to apply yep. pressure on people. Mm. Yeah, okay. well, I want, to, I want to apply pressure using the tip of my penis into Liv Morgan's anus until something happens. But that's just me. Uh, speaking of Liv, <laughs> in a less rapey context, uh, <laughs> there was... Uh, I, I Watching this match, to me, she was sort of the standout. She Her improvement since her call-up has been... Sort of subtle, but very impressive. Uh, she was in there with with some of the best workers, female workers in the company, and Bailey and Sasha and Ember, and she was she was right there with them. Her shit was on point. She looked good. Her selling was good. Her personality, her character came through. I was very very impressed with Liv in this match. And all she had to do was add a little thickness to her. Dude, go back. <laughs> She's always had that thickness. That's nothing new. She's been thick no, since day one, kid. And then next to she definitely had a, a, a little bit of a flatter stomach, but she looks healthier now, and I think that that she does a lot. Of, she's she's a much better character and a much better worker now than she ever was before. So. Yeah, absolutely. She sort of yeah. found uh, herself a little bit. I, before in NXT, I don't think she really knew what she was supposed to be. She was just, you know, blonde Jersey girl who goes out there and and sort of like has a lot of spunk, but that's not really anything you can attach to. Sort of raising. like, what's that? <laughs> raising, yeah. yeah. 
but you know, with with this, she has sort of a purpose and a personality, and she's she fits in with this group, and and it's given her something to run with. I think she's done a very good job with it. Yeah, I, I really like the progression of the Riot Squad, especially the past couple months uh, in ring specifically. Uh, Ruby's been very nice, very good on the mic. Um, they probably should get a big push this year. Who knows? Maybe they'll be tag champs or something. Um, I, I'm a little disappointed that this feud is still going after about a year now. <laughs> this is the well, same. They got pussy farts out, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. Yeah. I, I guess that's the worst part of the feud, so I guess that's something. You take Natalia out and replace her with Ember Moon, you've definitely upgraded this program. You that's take true. Natalia out and replace her with a cardboard cutout of Randy Orton, and you've improved the feud. Oh, old dick fingers. Um, <laughs> well, you you move you go from, from pussy parts to dick fingers. It all it all works out, and uh, yeah, I, I did like this match. I liked the match quite a bit. Um, Sarah Logan took the pin, right? I think that's what I saw. Sarah Logan was the one who took the pin. I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably. I would say, and this is not a negative thing. I'd say she's probably the the weak weak link of the group as far as in ring work because the other two are just doing very well. Um, she was the right one to definitely take the pin there. Um, the only thing is, is that her new finisher now, Bailey, or the elbow drop? Are they going with that? She, no, they've they've been doing the backcracker into the Bailey to belly. I think this was just a situation where they went with something different. Yeah, yeah, and I've noticed they've been doing that a little bit more lately with where finishers aren't necessarily ending the matches. And I, they I need to. It's better that way. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly. pretty sure Seth Rollins has ended a match like 52 different ways this year. So well, that's because he keeps getting finishers banned. That's true. <laughs> well, let's let's not forget the fact that he did curb stop a little black kid. So wasn't that like on Martin Luther King Day too? I think so. <laughs> Rest in peace, Leo Rush. So anything anything more to say about uh, the Riot family? Nope. Nah, I'm good. All right, let's move on to same old shit uh, because SmackDown continues to change by having the exact same pay per view main event as last month. Judging by that, I think you figured out how to do the strike. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we had a a four-person match to decide who was going to face Dana Bryan at Royal Rumble. Uh, Bufasa Ali, Samoa Joe, uh, Randall Orton, Dick Fingers himself, and AJ Styles. And, of course, AJ Styles won, because why bother to have Mufasa Ali get a chance at the title? Just do it to not that he was going to win it, but at least do something for Rumble. That would be something new. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much that, that we're going to see Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles square off again. Um, but, yeah, if they didn't make such a big deal about change and then literally have the same main event, uh, <laughs> it's just a silly foot-in-the-mouth type thing that they always seem to do. But um, the match itself was fine. It was great. Uh with all the men involved, you had to kind of expect it would be pretty good. Um, I'm just glad Orton didn't win. Um, I pretty much would have been happy with any other winner, and we got AJ Styles. So, like I said, I'm not going to complain. Uh, and every everybody involved really did get a little bit of shine here, and it was it was a good match. Well, and the only concern I have, and like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of continuing the same pay-per-view main events month after month, especially when it's going to have the same fucking ending. Like, Daniel Bryan's walking out with that title. Spoiler alert for the prediction episode. Um, but not only that, but what are we doing with AJ Styles' character? Now he's, like, 
is he going back to like the Pitbull fucking character? Because I really hope not. But I don't know what this Mr. McMahon affiliation, the whole thing is leading to. And this super ultra aggressive AJ Styles, are we turning him heel too? Because that seems to be the only thing we know how to do with people these days. Like, I, I don't fucking know. I don't like it. I'm not there for it. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. I'm not sure what exactly they're going to be doing with it. Um, AJ's another one of those guys who's been here, what, two years and has turned heel and turned face at least two times, I think, uh, both of them. So, you yeah, know, you need... want to know, know how to determine a number one contender? Bring back the SmackDown Top Ten. Let's just do that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that never was. Um, y- yeah, I mean, we... Even when you had an opportunity to put somebody new, you, you decided not to. So, right. uh, and I don't think Rumble really needs this match to try to sell some more because it's Rumble. No, I mean, and pe- yeah, and you're going to have Lesnar and you're going to have Strowman. That's the perfect yeah. opportunity to slide in a match like for Mustafa Ali and Daniel Bryan. Right, and, and you've already got the built-in thing that uh, Ali pinned Bryan a couple weeks ago. It, it harkens me back to several years ago when they sort of floated the test balloon of Jeff Hardy as a top guy when he went for the title against Randy Orton sort of out of nowhere. Uh, and he didn't win the match, but it sort of established him in people's minds as a main eventer. That was the spot right. to do it because there was another match with bigger names on top that they could use as a main event. This was the spot to do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, of course, this is the new WWE, so... Mm. Yeah. So, with that, it is time to discuss All Elite Wrestling. So, we learned officially that um, Cody Rhodes, Matt and Nick Jackson, and um, Brandy Rhodes were teaming up with Tony Khan. And Matt's wife. She's going to be in an executive role, too. Oh, I'm sorry. She wasn't listed on the site. She, yet. she was on the contract signing. She was one. She's going to be. She handles a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for them anyway. So gotcha. Hangman um, Page too. You forgot him. He's not. He's a wrestler, but he's not listed nope. as as anything. He'll he'll be as and then Christopher Daniels, I believe, is going to be an agent with Kazarian. Okay. Uh, they're all the SCU guys are all involved as well. And okay, well, I'm getting I'm getting there. Barry um, so yeah, Barry so Boom is a part of this thing. Who's a, shut the fuck up? <laughs> well, I'm trying to fucking fill in the blanks. You laughed. Some I put incomplete the, fucking information. I was not giving you complete incomplete information because I was going to go over the people next. Okay. I was just talking about the main people involved, and then we we're going to talk about the little people involved. Well, I said something you're like, "Well, they're not there," so I assumed you didn't have it. All right. Well, I've got I've got Wikipedia, but that's all I can do. Um, so yeah, so. Um, all of those people teamed up with uh, the dude who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars to form All Elite Wrestling. It's his son, uh, isn't it? That's the owner of the Jaguars' son. Well, the co-owner. The Jag- it's a co-owner. The Jaguars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think he's co-owner with his dad, but yeah. He's, okay. He is, part, he is part owner. Okay. Um. So yeah, so Tony Khan uh, footing the bill for All Elite Wrestling uh, which will be a brand new promotion. They've decided that they're going to go the route of building up through house shows before possibly getting a TV deal, which, of course, they're going to try well, to have. Well, maybe. We'll see. Uh, according uh, to Meltzer, if you believe him, they actually already have several networks interested, and they're sort of going through the processes of determining where they go. 
And I tend to believe that because I don't think people like this enter into a let's hope and see situation. These these guys have signed long-term exclusive contracts to AEW. So this this has a bigger plan. They're not just going to wait and see if we can pull a TV deal. So I'm, I'm fairly certain there's, there's something in the pipeline very soon. Right. Um, so we, like we said, we've got Cody who, like, is he going to be able to work to drop the U.S. belt? Yes, there. He's defending it at Wrestle Kingdom this week. Okay, uh, right. Plus, he doesn't have to worry about his yeah. his WWE contracts, though. And, you know? and that's Clearly. going to be sort of the interesting thing. It, it would, tomorrow's Wrestle Kingdom event becomes particularly interesting because you've got Cody uh, defending the U.S. title. You've got the Bucks are on that show, I believe. You've got uh, obviously the the sort of the specter in the room because he hasn't been named in any of this, but Kenny Omega defending the IWGP Championship. No word on, as far as we know, as far as it's been reported, there is no working relationship between AEW and, IW, and IWGP uh, or New Japan uh, or anyone else. So if Omega drops that title, you got to think he's done pretty much done in New Japan too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so right now the roster we've got is Cody, Hangman Page, Matt and Nick Jackson, potentially SoCal Uncensored. Um, you know, like you said, they kind of might be working in the in, in the back area there. The female wrestlers Brandy Rhodes and Britt Baker was their first kind of not in the structure of things, just a worker. Right. Um, BJ Whitmer, Dana Massey, you said, was obviously Matt's wife. Yeah. Um, and then of course President Tony Khan, Tony Khan. So um, we've also got some other guys who you know we could potentially see down the road here. Um, uh, Marty Skrull is a guy that I'm not sure once, year. not for a year, but once you know, once he's done, you can almost bet he's going to be there. Flip uh, Gordon, Omega, probably. Yeah, Flip Gordon, Kenny Omega, and then of course we've been hearing some rumors that they're going to be going hard after some WWE guys um, because obviously those those are names and that helps. And there was a recent Instagram post by one Mr. Chris Jericho. Uh, talking about tickets he got from Tony Khan. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go out of limb so, and say there's something there. Yeah. So, obviously, Jericho's another one of those guys who he signs a lot of those like little one-day deals with New Japan or, or does little handshake agreements. So, he is free to do whatever the fuck he wants right. at this point uh, and most likely is going to show up here. Uh, there was some word that maybe Bill Goldberg was going to be the event yep. because he started following um, them on Twitter as well as has been kind of dropping hints that he might be doing it as well, well so and he's he's a big client of barry bloom who i mentioned before as being sort of a back behind the scenes guy involved in this project as well so uh, barry bloom is going to use his considerable influence with a lot of talent in the business to sort of drive some talent towards this company too i think um right. the other one you haven't mentioned yet is jim ross who is apparently going yeah. to uh join once his wb contract is up i mean he's not doing anything with them but he is still under contract with them right. um that's a big, sort of sneaky big acquisition for this company because people seem to forget, as 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 accomplished as JR was a, as an announcer in the Attitude Era, people forget he was running talent relations during one of the yeah. golden periods of talent in this company. Yep. He has an eye for talent and a recruitment and an ability to relate to and communicate to the talent, at least he did back then, that very few in this business have had. So that's that's a, that's a huge addition if they can get him on board. Yeah, um, we will be having um, uh, a press conference on January 8th to get more information on a all the rally. wrestling. Rally, yes, sorry. 
Um, and, but, and, uh, and, and in Jacksonville, the same day they're filming SmackDown in Jacksonville. So yes. look for another one of those takeovers that they did earlier. Yeah. Um, and we we saw a couple of trademarks filed, such as AEW All Out, AEW Double or Nothing, which was announced as their first event, and Tuesday Night Dynamite. Ugh. So That's ugh. not good, though. <laughs> no. That's, That's real not, bad. I, I, it's like fucking yeah. worse than Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. Which at at this point that could just be a fucking joke. It could let's be. let's not let's not put it past them to throw something out there like that just to see the reaction. Yeah, of it could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, um, so so yeah. So the big the big question obviously with all of that build up is at this point can they be the number two promotion in the world within two years? I and, so go ahead, Jason. So the answer to this is yes, they can. Uh, that's going to hinge a lot on TV deals. If they score a national television deal, as is being reported, they're they're trying to do and working closely and, and not far off from that. That puts them ahead of Ring of Honor, which doesn't have a national television deal. It's more of a syndication situation. Um, it puts them ahead of Impact, which just recently lost and went went to a TV with less distribution. Um, so you'd have to say if that comes to fruition, then yeah, they they instantly become sort of the, the number two promotion by default. Um, and, and from a talent perspective, they have some of the biggest names that the fans want to see right now. So I think it's fair to say, it, depending on the time frame, and we don't know when we're looking at we're looking at Double or Nothing or when we're looking at uh, this first event or the first television. Like We don't know anything yet. So if they come out and say we're not doing anything until November, then yeah, two years is going to be ambitious but doable if yeah. they start in july or june then they have half a year to get things going before we hit that second year then absolutely i think it's feasible yeah there's a lot that needs to be set up obviously we don't have title belts at this point we don't know the structure of anything we don't know their touring schedule maybe they'll just enter into agreement with global force wrestling that worked well for tna so that was something else that we heard was that impact offered up impact or anthem offered up impact to them and they turned them down so probably smart move yeah, they don't even want the fucking thing of it because they want this to be a brand new thing. And Impact has that TNA stink on it still. Yep. Nobody wants that fucking shit because of where it is, and because of the fact that they're on a network that you can't get unless you've got rabbit ears purchased before 1992. So <laughs> it's it's one of those things where uh, we know Impact is never going to ascend to that because at this point they're down, they're on the downward trend again because they keep keep going to smaller and smaller TV networks. Eventually they're going to be public access. So, but but this Sunday is homecoming. Yeah, nobody knows that. Are we doing a live recap of that show or no? No, we're not. No. Uh, are we going to do like a post show or? Nope. We probably won't even mention it. It's Brian um, Cage versus Johnny Impact. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. Jacked up steroid freak Brian Cage against failed fucking WWE wrestler number one. So I will say Tessa Blanchard versus Taya Valkyrie is something I'm interested in. I I would say that uh, if they scissor during the match, that'd be something I'd be interested in. <sighs> That's about it, though. Um, so yeah, so back back to the topic at hand here. Uh, to me, obviously, there's going to be there's going to be so much intrigue on this. So they need they need to. Hit the ground running because mm-hmm. if their if their first show sucks, you're going to have a lot of people be like, "Well, that was fucking dumb." Yeah. Go back to back to my shit I know. 
So if well, they're able to put on a show like, uh, you know, like All In, then I think that you're going to have a lot of lot of repeat customers. And, and I think it's important that one of the first things they do is to make sure that they don't, when they come out with a heavyweight title, it doesn't instantly go on Cody or Kenny yep. or it needs to go on somebody not necessarily affiliated with the elite. You don't want this to thing, this thing to look like, oh, we're just starting a company so we can put all let's, of our own guys. Let's put over. it this way. You don't want this to be Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, exactly. Good point. And, and that that hurt them for a while. And I don't think it's very, very important that they get... Now, Omega, they can maybe get away with because he is regarded as like the best wrestler in the world by a lot of people. Um, but even still, I would just avoid that altogether. Have Omega in a chase. Have him going after somebody else. Uh, but I wouldn't, wouldn't bring him in there. Yeah. I think at least to begin with, you Not use Omega... Yeah, uh, you use Omega as a heater yeah. to begin with, I think, because his time will come. You you can put the title belt on him a year from now or something like that. Right. That's fine. But, yeah, right off the bat, your first champion needs to be somebody like Nick Aldis or Flip Gordon or something like Johnny that. Johnny All-In. Johnny All-In, yep. Definitely him, yep, because he's, <laughs> he's money. Uh, so, yeah, and then the same thing with if you're going to have take Austin Aries. This Austin Aries is out there. You, you don't want to put the you don't want to want to just create more tag belts for the for the young bucks to win. You want to have somebody like the Briscoes who've never won tag belts before. No. Or, <laughs> no, you want to. No, I'd be have... fine if you put the tag tiles on SCU or something like that. Or yeah, again, SCU is going to be involved in the project, and and that's understood. But when you're talking about naming the company after the group that includes the young bucks and Kenny and Cody, I think it's very important that they're not sort of the focal point. In terms of the in-ring championship product, right off the bat, the only the only member of like the Bullet Club or the Elite that I would be okay with being the first of geez the first Paige. world champion is Paige. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because he's not really he's he's another one of those guys who's kind of along for the ride for this, you know. Right. Like yep. he's he's there he'd be there as a worker, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. Jeff, what's your your say on it? Yeah, I um. I believe this does have the potential to be the number two promotion uh, within two years. Um, but if not within two years, just based on what Jason said, like TV deals and stuff like that, it definitely will be the. I think it will be the number two promotion um, within five, at least. Um, it's a very like with all the people they already have signed and the people who are involved, and it's a very promising start to to a promotion that very well could be the alternate to the WWE for wrestlers who are struggling or um, uh, indie wrestlers can aim for maybe this company as opposed to the WWE where they might have a little more um, say in who their character is and keep maybe the name they have on the indie scene. Um, I think it is very, uh, uh, um, it is a, a promotion that, that could and probably will do well. Yeah, I feel like the real key to their success is going to be their ability to sign famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. With his ghost dick entrance? Yes. Ghost penises, for sure. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, unless anyone has anything else to say? Dicks? Nah, good. Yeah. Cocks, yay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Jeff has to go make dinner. Come on, hurry this shit up. Yep. Uh, yep, I do. <laughs> What's what's wrong with that? I gotta you know I gotta do what I gotta do. 
It was the longest What's, fucking microwave dinner I've ever heard of. What's going on back there? <laughs> right. Anyways, let's take a look at what's going Someone's on in the independent segment. Hey, does that can we call that a show job? Like, if yeah. it's going on while we're while we're recording? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. Sounds like someone's going for a rundown. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. The stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Friday, January 11th with Rise to Honor. 15. 15 years of fandomonium. Bell time is 7.30. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets of $16 advance only on BruceCityWrestling1.com or $18 at the door. The main event is an Extreme Rules War Games barbed wire fans bring the weapons match between <laughs> Maidens of, I- of Iron and the Axeman as they take on the Unholy Alliance. The Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship will be online in a 30-minute Iron Woman match as Evil Sierra defends against Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azura. Making her BCW debut, Smiley Kylie Ray will take on Elena Black. And a Backpacks at a Pole match will take place between Lou Zer and Angel Armani. And the Bruce City Wrestling Heavyweight Championship will be on the line in a Leather Strap Lumberjack match as the Bearded Bruiser Max Holiday takes on... Did you change that? What? I, I didn't actually. I don't know if somebody did. Alright, well now I gotta actually look and see who he's fucking taking on. <laughs> there you Cause go. Because I, I would hope it's not what's actually there. It was. <laughs> I think it was fixed. Alright. So this is. See, this is good fucking, fucking shit. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Doc it, Simons. That's what it says on the sheet. What's more, right? more info coming soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com. Get your yeah. shit together, Troy. It's right on the sheet. Liberty States Wrestling returns to the John Cena Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts on Saturday, January 26th. <laughs> Already announced, the main state posse will defend the Liberty States tag team titles against Nightbreed. Robo will be defending his Some Limits Championship. <laughs> Vern Vicala will defend the Heavyweight Championship, plus... Ilya Markopoulos. Yep. Travis Gillette. Known. (laughs) You want me to read it? I'll read it. (laughs) That's why I put it there. All right. Known. (laughs) Known piss flap. Todd Sobel. (laughs) Brett Domino. Uh, Opportunity Knox contract holder Nico Silva and more. Tickets are just $10 at the door. Doors open at 630. Bell times at 7. All right, and you can join myself. Piss flap. <laughs> you can join myself and Adam as we will be part of Atlantic Pro Wrestling returning for another great night of wrestling action from the Newburyport Elks Lodge. It is Full Force Elimination 8 on on February 16th. We have a triple main event as the APW New England Championship will be on the line as Robo the Punjabi Lion takes on Demon Ortiz, who is cashing in his contract from winning the Gilbonk Wrestle Royal. We have a no-holds-barred street fight between DTF Dan Terry and the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo. Last woman standing for the vacant APW Women's Championship, the Widow Belmont with Ed Hunt takes on Vanity Vixen. Also, in our full-force elimination series, four-on-four elimination bouts, the winners from the two four-on-four matches move on to face-off in the full-force elimination finals later in the evening. Also appearing on the show, American Made, Big Gun Jim Sargent, and Son of a Gun Jake Sargent, as well as the Hampton Beach Bad Boy Hunter Ward, the APW Tag Team Champions Nightbreed with Vanity Vixen, Venom Champion Joe Mowgli, Canadian legend Matt Loudon, Sheik Abdullah Hassan, and Mad Dog Magarichi, the APW Champion... 
the APW number one contender to the championship. The mass hole Mike McCarthy will be there. Owen Brody, Cicero, Bugsy Stone, Stiff Mike, Nico Silva, Mass Appeal, Travis Gillette, Nick Curry, Fabulous Johnny Vegas, plus much more. Tickets $12 at the door. Advanced general admission is $10. Reserved front row tickets 15 Reserved second row tickets 12 Reserved front row and second row also receives early admission to the show. Tickets are available at the door. Doors open at 6 p.m. or 6.30, and we have a 6.30 p.m. bell time. Something fabulous happened while you were going through the read on there. Because, yes, it did. So we, little peek behind the curtain for the fans here, we we have a somewhat of a script, at least like a general outliner of it, that, that can be edited by anybody on the show uh, live, as you've heard many, many times before. It's Google and Docs, J- it's high-tech shit. It's Google Docs, yeah. And as Jason was was about to read Widow Belmont with Ed Hunt, me and Jeff simultaneously clicked on there and both put a C at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> the same time. The same time. The same, time. <laughs> same idea. <laughs> but yet Troy gets all pissy when I change Doc Simons to Doc McStuffins. Well, yeah. that's a little different. Because I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was Doc Simons. You know these people. I don't always remember who it was. UFO Wrestling Returns. See, you could change this at all, and I wouldn't fucking know a damn thing. I would just read it. Oh, thanks for the invite. <laughs> UFO Wrestling returns to the Malden Irish American Club on Wednesday, February 20th for No Blacks Allowed. Tickets are just $12 and CDs. First come, first serve. Oh, sorry. February vacation. The main event is the... We'll see the UFO heavyweight champion, the mass hole, Mike McCurry. Well, he gets around. As he will have his first title defense as he takes on former TNA wrestler, I'm not going to call him star, Robbie E. Fatal four-way to determine the number one contender for the UFO U.S. championship. That's kind of thing. The SOG? Uh, Soldier of God, S-O-G. The Soldier of God, Ronnie Ribs, takes on the prize, Alec Price, and Ty Shine, and a mystery opponent. So, Gail Kim. The UFO tag team titles will be on the line as Bo Douglas and Jason Rumble will defend the belts against nobody, I guess. Mass Appeal, Travis Gillette takes on Nico Silva. Also scheduled to appear, the UFO US champion, the... Hey, what? Bro, oh, okay. Professional. The professional Channing Tom... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that we had a US championship match and he wasn't involved in it, but it's the number one contenders match. The Middlesex Express with Chad Epic. The Selfie-Made Man, Vern by Keller. Uh, Amber. Mm-hmm. Bobby Ocean. Uh, the team of Mass Disturbance, and many more. <laughs> you went with G? <laughs> that, that's yep. Alright. Huge G-rection. I would have went with huge E-rection, but okay. You can go with G. Jason. Yeah, I went with G. Uh, that's, that's my bad. Ooh, Lucky Pro Wrestling returns on Saturday, February 23rd with Homecoming Rampage from the Clinton Elks Lodge, 128 School Street in Clinton, Massachusetts. The LPW Champions photo op will be in the ring before the show, and it is included with the price of admission. Each ticket ordered online comes with one free autograph from a past event. I don't know what that means. So if you can go back in time to a previous event, you can get an autograph at it. Uh, oh, sweet. Tickets. <laughs> tickets are available at LuckyProWrestling.com slash homecoming. Single tickets $15 a piece or get a family four-pack for $50. 
And if your family comes in homecoming prom dresses, you get a family four-pack for just $49.99. Return of the Over the Top Royal <laughs> Over the Top Lucky Lottery Rumble. There's a lot of fucking names in there. Uh, winner is. will receive the Opportunity Knox contract that gives the winner a title match at any point. This is the contract that allowed Vern Vicala to win the championship in the first place. Scheduled to appear, LPW champion Vern Vicala with Jillian Lee. LPW Tag Team Champions, The Bitter Club. LPW Hard Knox champion, Randy Sean. LPW Women's Champion Adira Makua with Brian Cairo, Alicia Edwards, the retrosexual Anthony Green, Robbie the Giant, Shady Shay Cash, Davy Cash, Sweatboy Christopher James, Riot Kellen Thomas, Danica, and many more. Well done. I'd like to say I did not edit Anthony Green's name, but that was very funny. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Liberty States Wrestling and Ring of Honor star Kingpin Brian Malonis are partnering with the Pinkerton Academy Class of 2019 to bring pro wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire on Saturday night, March 30th, 2019. You'll see all the stars of Liberty States Wrestling, plus some special ones. Tickets for Astromania are on sale at www.astromanialsw.com. General admission floor seats are just $20. General admission bleachers are just 15 If you get advanced tickets, you also get in the door early on show day. Announced talent, ROH superstars, the Bouncers, Brian Malonis, and Beer City Bruiser. Pinkerton Academy graduate, the unequaled one, Todd Sopel. Liberty States Wrestling heavyweight, heavyweight champion, Vern Vicalo. The Mill City Hooligans, Chase Del Monte, and Brian and Matt Logan. Robo, the Punjabi Lion. Cam Zagami, is that, is that how you say that? Zagami. 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 Fabulous Johnny Vegas. Robo again for some reason. <laughs> Not America's Sweetheart, Davian, Sethrin with Vanity Vixen, The Widow Belmont, Nico Silva, That Guy, Scotty Slade, and many more. Awesome. And that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, January 3rd, 2019. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show your dick pics via RundownWrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967 at 61Rundown7. We're on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron with new content being uploaded very soon. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash thewpan or thewpan.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on the show Yes and Waltz on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it live. And stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast for all of our great shows, the Nitromania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Grade, NXT Revisited, and WrestleMania Salvation. You can follow our host on Twitter at jstuart0920, at rockstartroy, at jokerswild702, at WrestleManiaSal, at the Salzer Effect, at Realist Tommy, at Making the Grade, at Making Me Horny, at You Once Um Fuck, at Nitro Radio Pod, at Hurry Up Cruisers, at Johnny Adelog, and at You Know Stuff Adam Doesn't. Thanks to all of you for listening. I don't understand that last one. <laughs> Thanks to you, Jason. Thanks, Trey. Thanks to you, Jeff. Thanks, Trey. Thanks, and Jason. Thanks, Thanks to Jeff. Jason. The theme song. This is a circle jerk of thank yous right there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And next week, we'll actually talk about shows that take place live for a change. <laughs> So with that, I guess that means we'll uh, see you next Thursday. Bye-bye.
Nothing. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, there we go. I say I was waiting for the prompt. Uh, massive dick flaps. <laughs> All right. Piss flaps. You didn't get that. Oh, Christ. piss flaps. God damn it. Just go back and edit that when you're going through. Piss flaps. Massive piss flaps. That's a long time right now. This has been a production of the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you are interested in having your podcast join the Rundown Wrestling Network, please email us via rundownwrestling at gmail.com for more information. Thank you for listening.